Greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime, and I am your host, Frank Severo. And this is an open and shut episode with Terry Shames. Now, I am fresh back from BoucherCon 2019, which was uh, in Dallas, Texas. And uh, while there, I went to the Texas Book Depository in Dealey Plaza. But most of the time I spent at the convention hotel going to panels, meeting people that I'd only known online, reuniting with friends from last conference, and uh, just just having a really good time and possibly raising a a glass or two uh, in salute of the greater pursuits of literary genius that we all strive for. I was fortunate enough to meet our guest for this episode, Terry Shames, there uh, a couple different times. I attended one of her panels. I saw her at mine. So uh, we had a, a nice time and got to know each other just a little bit better. If you're a fan of mystery, uh, I can't recommend uh, BoucherCon or Left Coast Crime enough. They are fan-based conferences that are really there to uh, to cater to the fan. They're like the Comic-Cons of the mystery world. Uh, you're, you're there with your tribe. It's really pretty wonderful. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to talk to Terry in just a minute. But first, I want to let you know that Wrong Place Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. And I met with uh, Eric Campbell, the uh, owner and chief editor of Down and Out Books, while I was in Texas. Uh, not our first time meeting, but uh, it was uh, it was it was really good to, to sit down and, and uh, chat with him and spend some time. Um, anyway, Down and Out Books, as you may well know, is an up and coming mid sized publisher that uh, publishes titles that are largely in the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. If you want to learn more, you can go to downandoutbooks.com. That's Down and Out Books, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. So Terry Shames is our guest, and she is a very interesting person. And I don't want to spoil some of those interesting surprises, so I won't give them away now. Uh, but she does write in Texas, her Samuel Craddock series. And let's uh, let's get to know her a little bit better. Well, hello, Terry, and welcome to the show. Hi, Frank. Thank you for having me. Uh, I wanted to start with just an observation. Uh, your last name is uh, Seamus, or I'm sorry, your last name is Shames, but I've actually heard a couple people call you Seamus, which I thought would be a wonderful name for a, a crime fiction author. Well, it would be, except for the fact that my husband wouldn't put up with that. Shames <laughs> is the way it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, names are important. I can certainly understand that. <laughs> The other thing I wanted to touch on before we get into your Samuel Craddock uh, work is uh, your, your background. Some very interesting things. And the first one that jumped out at me was that you were a member of the Central Intelligence Agency years ago. That's right. That's right. I brought out of college. I decided that would be, a, uh, I don't know, fun. Is that is that the right word? It would be interesting. And <laughs> adventurous, <it was>. maybe. <laughs> it certainly was adventurous. I, I was at uh, Langley. And mm-hmm. I worked as a data analyst. It was not data analyst, but I what I did was I got documents that were China related, and I had to um, decide who should who should get those documents. And you had to classify them. I had to classify them, mm-hmm. and the funny thing was is that I had I, I had very top secret clearance so that I could read everything and decide mm-hmm. to read them, and so I would read things like that had to be very top secret, only a few people could see it. And I would have read that information the day before in the 
Washington Post. (laughs) (laughs) Well, was that an exciting time then to be working for the company? It was. It was a lot of fun. But partly it was just fun because, you know, I was right out of college and it was Mm -hmm. a real job and it was Mm -hmm. it was thrilling. I actually met a few guys who were training to be spies, which I, I think is very interesting because most spies are indigenous to the country. But these guys were going, I don't know what they were doing. They were going off and doing whatever they were going to do, and they were wild men. <laughs> <laughs> what made you eventually leave the, the employee of the State Department? You know, I'm not sure I even remember what that was. I, I was an adventuresome uh, person when I was quite young, and I wanted to do other things. I wanted to go and live in uh, Denver, for example, that's how I wanted to go there. I don't know why. So I moved there. I learned how to ski. I fooled around a lot and then decided I wanted to go to the West Coast. But before that, I decided to go to Europe and kick around for a while. <laughs> so it was, yeah, that was me. I wanted to just go places and learn things and see things. They say the time to do that is when you're young and that uh, that you should take advantage of it. Sounds like you did. Oh, well, I did. It was great. Eventually, you ended up on the West Coast uh, in the in the East Bay area there, um, or the uh-huh. Bay Area. So what brought you to San Francisco, just a desire to see it? Uh, just a desire to see it. My parents were living in Los Angeles, so I went down to Los Angeles to kind of hang out with them. And I said, yeah, you know, maybe I'll just go up to San Francisco and see what that's like. And I did. And the rest was history. The CIA had trained me in computer programming and analysis, and I found it very easy to find a job here. I love Berkeley because it's multifaceted, but my mm-hmm. son lives in L.A., and actually, I love L.A. Love to go there, love to just see what everybody's up to. It's, a, it's an interesting and vibrant place, but I love to travel. I love to go uh, everywhere. So uh, Frequently, you travel back home to Texas, uh, at least in, in, in the fictional town where the uh, Samuel uh, Craddock novels take place. Uh, and right. it is a fictional town, correct? Yes, it's a fictional town. I decided to, I, I based it on the town where my grandparents lived when I was growing up. For some reason, I loved that town. And I have all these young relatives, you know, these cousins, children, things like that. And they all love to go there. Why? It's really hot. There are mosquitoes. There are every snake you can imagine. It smells bad. The water tastes bad. What's not to love, right? <laughs> for some reason, when I decided to write this series, I decided to set it there. And I decided to model Samuel Craddock loosely on my grandfather, although my sister said, you know, our grandfather was not that nice. <laughs> So the 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 city is basically plopped down right in the middle of of Texas, and this right allows in the middle. You to... And it's funny because some people say, "Oh yeah, set in East Texas." No, some people say, "Set in the Gulf Coast." No, it's right smack dab in the middle of Texas. Now you're up to number which one's coming out here soon? Which number's at eight? Number eight came out in April, and um, I'm busy working on number nine. Number nine. Uh, but the first one was very well received, uh, a killing at Cotton Hill, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you won the McCavity Award for that. That's right. Yeah. And, and were nominated for uh, a Lefty and, and some other award too. Uh, nominated for the Strand Critics Award. 
the descriptions though and the covers and the reviews all sort of point to kind of a meta theme that seems to go through the work of the idea of of secrets and truth and navigating through those things am i just you know plopping that blanket over the top of it uh from my own mind or am i onto something nope you've got it right there i always i always set out to get at the core of what i'm talking about every single book has some social problem i'm addressing and um i and i like to get to the core of it i like to get to the i like to get the truth i like to i think of samuel craddock as a man of integrity he doesn't he's not flawless but he has integrity and he really he he wants to find out the truth of things and in the meantime i mean the, the virtue of writing a series is you get to explore some of the recurring characters and get to know them better and they grow um, through the throughout the series and sometimes i think well who should come in now and then i remember a character that i wrote about a while back and i think well that that person really would fit in here very nicely so it's mm -hmm. it, the, even working on the book i'm working on now which is set in a motor, motorcycle rally i have fun thinking what kind of characters to bring in and who's going to who's going to show up that hasn't shown up in the, in the okay so i actually had motorcycles in my second book and I had oh. a reader wrote to me and he said, you know, that's pretty good on motorcycles, but let me tell you more about some motorcycles. And he writes, me, write your own book. <laughs> yeah. It's, you gotta be careful. I, I've heard that the, the things you have to be super careful about that people will definitely write to you about are trains, guns, yeah. <laughs> uh, trains, guns, and something else somebody was saying. I can't remember the third thing that they pointed out, but uh, those are the, those are the, the experts that uh, take greatest umbrage when you make mistakes. Okay, so the greatest umbrage someone took was she's, there was a guy who said, you know, they don't really grow alfalfa in Texas. I thought, well, yeah, actually they do, but I wasn't going to argue. I said, my daddy told me that. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very diplomatic response. Uh, it's very Texas also. <laughs> yeah, Texas is a very polite place. I was very struck by how friendly people were. And, you know, I mean, it's a stereotype, but it's it's one that rings true. I mean, I'm sure that sometimes covers up a veneer of something not so nice going on below the surface. But I wasn't going to say that, but yes. <laughs> well, that's because people are people everywhere, right? The thing that always strikes me is when you go into town, if you go into a town you don't know and no one knows you and you walk into a restaurant, everyone turns and looks at you. And they may be nice to you, but they're always looking, who is that and what are they doing here? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, it's almost tribal and welcoming at the same time in a, in yeah. kind of a strange dichotomy. Yeah. You mentioned that there were social issues you liked to try to address. What are some of the issues that you've had uh, Samuel Craddock tackle? Well, in the first book, it was mostly about family and about greed. Um, the second book, though, I... Um, I was interested in the way veterans are treated. I really wanted to highlight that as um, I think that we don't do a good job of treating our veterans well. And this was about a man who had to live with his father. His father had to take care of him because he was so badly wounded. And when his father died, it's a very difficult decision what he's going to do. Um, the next one was, again, about greed. That's always a good one. <laughs> and, then, and then I like to write about family secrets, about... about um, social interactions that have gone wrong about people who, you know, I, I once talked to uh, Doug Lyle, who is a guy who really 
you know, who does a lot of blogs and sorts of things about the undercurrents of people's motivations. And he said, you know, people who kill are often doing it to save face um, in their community. And I found that to be true. If some of my villains that they're there to save face. And I actually said that in a uh, panel one time at left coast crime and a woman came up afterwards. And this, this speaks to how serious crime fiction is. This woman waited until everyone was gone. I had signed books and everything and she was hanging out. And she said to me, I want you to know no one has ever said that on a panel before that I've heard. And she said, my daughter was killed in a robbery that the man thought people recognized him. So he killed everyone. And I just thought, wow, that that's the seriousness of crime fiction. So we were talking off air and one of the things that came up was that as a woman writing mystery, uh, you actually have a pretty strong male reader following. Yes. Yes. I have, I have a few cops who read me and they uh, have let me know that. And they are very, very keen on the books and my, but my favorite was a sports writer who wrote to me. He said he was a sports writer in Florida. And he said, I discovered your books and I'm going to talk about your books on my blog, which pleased me enormously. <laughs> I'm a big sports fan. <laughs> well, being a Texas setting, I imagine that uh, high school football is one of those cultural threads that's woven throughout the entire series. Uh, Always, always. In every book, I have a scene set in the cafe where guys are arguing about the football team. Even if it's not (laughs) not during the season, they're talking about the coming season. They're talking about somebody who got injured. They're talking about the coach not playing someone properly. It's it's so much ingrained in small town Texas and in large town Texas, for that matter. Yeah, that's kind of what we want from sports. Just like when someone picks up one of our books, they want to feel something. They want to be moved. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I love it when people write to me and say, oh, I just loved your book and I love this part of it. And it's really fun for me to read it. And you know, I just love that. It's fun. No, I've done my job then. Well, uh, so Samuel Craddock has eight outings and you're working on number nine right now. What's that called? Mm-hmm. It's, oh goodness, you would ask me. I, I think it's called a killing at the Jubilee Rally. I'm not uh, sure if that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my interest has certainly peaked. Uh, I am going to pick up the uh, first book in this series and see if I can join the uh, male slash cop contingent of your readership. So, uh, you know, you can uh, either read I'll, that I'll... one or read the fifth one, or was it the sixth, the sixth one, which was a prequel. And that's also a mm, very good. How he, how he became the chief. Yeah, it's called An Unsettling Crime for Samuel Craddock. He's 30 years mm-hmm. old and he's suddenly been thrown in as chief of police because he was sort of railroaded into it. And it's just, I, I really, the the longer it's I'm away from it, the more I like it. I think it's a really <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true of every book, though? You know, you, you, you love the idea. You dive in with vigor. By the time you're done, it's the lousiest book anyone ever oh, wrote ever. I'm working on a standalone <laughs> one. I hate its little guts. <laughs> <laughs> put it put it in the drawer for three weeks and it'll come no, out. Oh, yeah, I have a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm sure you're not happy about a deadline. I'll bet your readers are. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we'll I'll, see. I'll let, I'll let you get back to your deadline. And I'll tell you, Terry, I, I do appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Frank, it was wonderful. Thanks so much. 
Well, there you are, folks. Uh, pretty much everything you want to know about Terry Shames, except perhaps those things she can't tell you because of the uh, top secret clearance stuff there. Uh, as I mentioned in the opening, I got to meet Terry at uh, BoucherCon. Uh, we even exchanged uh, books. So she's got through Charlie 316, and I have the first book in the Samuel Craddock series sitting on my nightstand right now, uh, along with quite a few others that I scored at BoucherCon. So I've got some heavy reading to do. But I'm looking forward to Terry's book quite a bit. Uh, as you can tell, she's a really super nice person, very intelligent and well-spoken, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting into that book. Our next episode of Wrong Place, Right Crime will be the feature episode for the month of November, uh, and our guest will be John Shepard. If you bounce back to the Katrina McPherson episode a few weeks ago, you can hear the flash forward questions from John. Pretty fascinating guy. He's done a lot of work in the uh, television and film industry, and uh, so I think I think you'll enjoy hearing some of his thoughts. Quick Zafiro update. Don't forget At Their Own Game, recently released from Down and Out Books, the first book in the Spokompton series, is now available. Uh, also, if you want to go back a little further, Charlie 316, also from Down and Out Books, is also available, which I wrote with Colin Conway, who was also, by the way, at BoucherCon. I'd like to thank Terry for coming on the show and being a fantastic guest, uh, and to Down and Out Books. And as always, to you, the listener, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this interview. Please check out Terry's series of books uh, set in Texas, and we'll see John Shepard in the next episode. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime. <laughs>